0: Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development,
1: branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining
0: marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe.
2: Happy to be spending some time with you here at The Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth, And a very special guest today... Out of London, uh, a gentleman that you'll hear on the Advertising Show on a consistent basis. Jeremy Kent, uh, our European news correspondent, is live today from London, uh, where it's a little bit later uh, than, than we are here in the States. But uh, we'll tell you more about Jeremy uh, and also hear uh, one of his uh, reports today prior to the interview. We have the Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com, the Advertising Show, a copyrighted big radio Midget's Production. And we have the holidays almost here. Getting very close. Brad, uh, shopping, uh, how's that been going for you?
0: I haven't started it yet, Ray. Uh, Glad to hear that.
2: Thank you for saying that. I appreciate (laughs) that.
0: I, I'm planning on doing that this week as we speak. So it's still early. Uh, what is this? So it's uh, as we record this. It's you know early December. Uh, yeah, well I'll we're coming up on yeah we're,
2: we're coming up on the 11th here as we're broadcasting the show. So uh, it uh, you know it, it's going to creep up there. So don't wait too long. Go go like ahead to un- the Guitar Center and get what you need. Okay.
0: <laughs> Just like your underwear, it's going to creep up on you.
2: No, I've got Ains. It creep up. It says it right on the
0: label. It's good hey, stuff. It's, a great transition. I <laughs> Too don't much information. We haven't talked about this yet, and I was going to ask you before we started the show today, but I'll ask you now. I don't know if this is going to cause you to you know, cancel your Playboy subscription, but Lindsay Lohan's Playboy cover... Has been leaked online. You probably have heard about that. Absolutely, uh, and, yeah. And apparently, it was not to be revealed until Lohan's interview on the Ellen DeGeneres Show, uh, December fifteenth next week. Yes. But I think you know anybody that really believes for a moment that it was really leaked online and that they didn't really want that to happen. Uh, I've got a a nice sunny resort uh, in uh, London. I need to sell you. <laughs> we we have uh we have uh the mean girl star
2: who she is in addition to being other things uh they shot the uh, the thing in october later had a reshoot because hefner said eh, it's not so good okay well let's do it. Right? yeah let's do it let's do a take two uh she's uh apparently uh got a million bucks for this Providing some much needed cash for her legal woes and struggles, uh, as we've all known. But uh, so, yes, exactly. Uh, She's now 25, by the way, and aging very nicely, according to the leaked photo, if you
0: know what I mean. You know that just from watching her walk in and out of court. Exactly. uh, That she's doing well from a 25 year old standpoint. But I mentioned uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Did you think all the women that are dancing on Ellen's show when she goes up that first aisle, if they knew they were getting a rear end shot uh, on a syndicated national television program, that they would be saying, can I sit more away from the aisle? (laughs) I mean, most of those women, I think that they've got like a requirement of at least having a... You know about a forty-five inch rear end because these women don't realize. I mean, of course, they've seen the show. Yeah. But when they come up through there, I mean, it's like you know, I'm expecting to hear the, you know, the beep, beep, beep as you get when you you know you see those large vehicles in reverse. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> anyway, enough of that. Yes, exactly. By it the way, they it- see.
2: It's holiday uh, shopping season here, obviously. And uh, self-gifting is a big thing this year. It's called self-gifting. A new person uh, appearing in the uh, gift list themselves. Retailers offering the best deals of the year on everything from electronics. To home decor, apparel, consumers taking advantage of deals to uh, snap up items for themselves. Okay? And Hmm. uh, non-gift items for their families, according to a national retail federation. Six in ten plan to buy non-gift items this holiday season, spending an average of 130. That's up from 112 last year.
0: That's according to that federation. A lot of people do that anyway, don't they, Ray? I mean, they go out to shop for others and they buy for themselves.
2: Yeah, I've heard that to be true. Uh, it's funny what happens when you get into a store situation. But uh, it, it's nice to see that uh, things are going a little bit better. Um, uh, some of the retailers basically even marketing the concept of self-gifting. J.Crew, uh, a gift yourself section on its website, uh, along with the text, to you, from you. And Gap uh, hmm. this week is promoting sleepwear, the perfect gift to yourself. It says, tuck yourself in. Dots, uh, pops of color, and soft flannel, perfectly sized sleepwear just for you. Give yourself the gift
0: of good sleep. So uh, mm. it's okay. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh... I try to have, whenever I see free gift wrapping, no matter what I'm buying, I tell them I'd like to have that wrapped up, please just, you know, gum or pencils, whatever. It's just, you know, they look at you weird, but it's still something you should take advantage of. You know, we were the first to uh, mention years before it happened here on the show about uh, satellite companies, radio satellite companies, XM and Sirius having a merger. We projected that three, four years before it happened. I've got a new projection here, Ray. Okay. Uh, I say projection, maybe I should say prediction. Oprah Winfrey was on... Uh, Dr. Uh, Oz this past week, yes. and she's all you know promoting her OWN uh, television network, and she wanted to make sure everybody understood that they need to go out and find her OWN channel yeah. and watch it and blah, blah, blah. My, my point, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, my projection is that Oprah will eventually call it quits and launch a new career based on the importance of – learning from one's mistakes, both in business and life. No, I'm joking about that last part, but I truly believe that Oprah will find that there's more to this network thing than she realized. And I really believe that someday in the future, we'll find her either pulling the plug on that deal or selling it or something. But uh, it's never really gotten off the ground. We've heard recently where some of their key executives have decided to leave the company because Oprah's getting a little... I don't know, more hands-on, shall we say, which you can't Hmm. blame her for that. But I don't see, you know, even with Oprah's money, I don't see her hanging in there, you know, forever. And unless this thing gets off the ground, maybe we can ask Alex Ben Block, who will be on next week, uh, about his thoughts on this. But I I just have a feeling that since that thing is still struggling, uh, that network is not something that you'll see Oprah associated with, say, year year and a half down the road. I think she 's a very smart woman,
2: and she 'll do the right thing. She is however, under contract, so anything beyond um, uh, you know beyond what uh, she is uh, now committed to uh, obviously she can 't do much about she 's doing her best so I well, wish her well a- and you know what she can retire there's nothing wrong with that She had a long run on television, and there 's no reason not to uh, to take an opportunity. If I if I had uh, the money that she has and hopefully will have in the future, I think I might uh, like to take the show on the road and do some stuff for uh, uh, for mankind or something like that as opposed to starting a network. That's, a, that's
0: yeah. okay. Well, and she's done a lot of that, but uh, she's part owner of that deal, and she's going to either ride it out, and I don't know, she's got to be using a lot of her own money, obviously, for that. So Yeah. No, no, She's, she is a smart business person. She's not going to let a lot of money go down that rabbit hole until she figures it out. Uh, my thoughts. Anyway. Jeremy Kent
2: uh, is, uh, is with us here, not only for the European News Desk, but uh, for the rest of the show as well for our three segments. So we'll get a chance to talk to Jeremy live uh, from London. With Jeremy Kent, our European news correspondent right now on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and
3: Brad Forsyth. Hello and welcome to London Soho for the European News Desk. I'm Jeremy Kent. This week, game retailer in consolidated pre-Christmas push, DCH lands $24 million theatre count, and the radio industry launches Let It Live digital radio campaign. UK retailers are reporting tough trading conditions in the run-up to Christmas, and Game Group, which owns The Game and Game Station store chains, has launched a big pre-Christmas marketing push. TBWA London has created two separate campaigns for Game and GameStation to showcase the brands as first stops for casual and expert gamers. Each campaign has three ads supported by digital and in-store activity and will run until mid-December. The Game brand is aimed at more casual gamers and uses the strapline You Can't Lose. The ads aim to show consumers that Game is the right place to buy gaming gifts for friends and relatives. In contrast, using the strapline Welcome Home Hero, GameStation ads are aimed at the serious gamer, and position the retailer as the place for expert advice and cracking deals. DCH has picked up Fiat Group's $24 million consolidated advertising account for the Alfa Romeo and Chrysler brands. Alfa currently spends around $12.5 million a year on UK advertising, but has preferred to work with agencies on a project-by-project basis until now. Chrysler had retained Leo Burnett up until 2010, but like Alfa, it's been working on a project-by-project basis ever since. It's estimated that Chrysler's current spend is in the region of $11 million, and DCH's first work will be to raise awareness of the Chrysler brand before the launch of the Mark's new supermini, the Epsilon. Since the year 2000, the UK has been in the process of switching over from analogue to digital TV and radio as the government set out to free up the airwaves. That process is nearing completion, and while digital radio has been with us for nearly a decade, the radio industry has just launched a new $16 million campaign that goes beyond DAB for the first time. The campaign by Rain, Kelly, Campbell, Rolf, Y&R marks a strategic shift as Digital Radio UK and the BBC start to promote all forms of digital radio, including stations accessed via the internet and the various digital TV platforms. The campaign will run across the BBC in a raft of national press carrying the tagline, If you love radio, let it live. Running throughout 2012, the campaign will split into three major phases based around the Olympics, the Euro 2012 soccer tournament, and Christmas. The ads will focus on how easy it is to use digital radio and how the listening experience is enhanced by the range of news stations, additional track information, and the ease of tuning. This is Jeremy Kent at the European News Desk for The Advertising Show.
2: Jeremy Kent meets Jeremy Kent. (laughs) The Advertising Show with Rachel Lunds and Brad Forsyth. Jeremy Kent has uh, contributed not only to the advertising show for the past couple of years, but to Sky News, BBC TV and radio and CNN to discuss advertising and marketing issues, including how politicians and political parties convey their message to the public through a variety of media and how individuals such as Kate Moss and Tony Blair are brands in their own right. And uh, other topics uh, have been uh, new advertising campaigns, fast-growing brands, much-loved Campaigns, how the government's anti-drunk drive and anti-smoking campaigns are likely to be received. Uh, Jeremy's also contributed a number of national, regional, and trade titles on a variety of marketing, trending, and public relations issues. the uh, The Brand Council was established by Jeremy in '99. He is now CEO of Loud House, a digital uh, marketing agency providing uh, clients with PR and social marketing support across the globe. The agency specializes in producing creative work that can be executed for Simultaneous on and offline campaigns, company founded in uh, 2010, Loudhouse, that is, has achieved a remarkable growth with uh, early client wins, including the Baxter, hybrid air vehicles and Pan Globus. So that's enough about Jeremy. Let's find out more about Jeremy. Jeremy, (laughs) welcome (laughs) live to the advertising show. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be here.
0: Yeah, Jeremy, uh, before we get started, we're going to talk about the European economy, which you have wonderful uh, thoughts and, and certainly perspective on, uh, and then we'll talk about marketing and advertising. But before we do that, let me give you a chance uh, to talk a little bit about something you're involved with, uh, some pro bono work that you're doing for the Olympic Atlantic Row uh, project. Uh, first off, when I say pro bono, is that you on a personal level, or is that Loud House that's doing the pro bono work?
1: Uh, mostly me there's uh, a team that the guys have put in place to support the row Uh, and obviously we'll use loud house facilities and uh, a few of our guys here for technical stuff but uh, this one's me rolling my sleeves up and and getting back to some good old-fashioned
0: pr well for those that aren't familiar with it uh, and i understand it's taking off in the u.s here even more so uh, than in your area and maybe rightly so since the Initial uh, launch will be from our side of the pond, as they say, towards you. Give us some background on what it's all about and who it benefits, etc.
1: Okay. Well, the, um, there's two guys, two, two Englishmen rowing across the Atlantic. And the objective is to, to raise some money to buy a fleet of rowing boats, uh, proper on-the-river rowing boats, for disabled and able-bodied kids over here that are in deprived areas. Uh, the two chaps that have rowed the Atlantic before, Andrew Morris and, and Mick Dawson. Andrew's uh, an entrepreneur. He's, he's got his fingers in a lot of pies, a lot of energy, this guy, a uh, real chap that makes it happen. Uh, Mick Dawson is a former Royal Marines, and he still does a lot of security work out in uh, hotspots, marine hotspots around the world. So I guess he gets his peace and quiet by rowing across the Atlantic instead. Uh, Mick was the guy who actually rowed this boat with another partner from Japan to the west coast of the States over the North Pacific route. Uh, the boat's actually in San Francisco at the moment. It's quite a tourist attraction over there. Wow. 23-foot rowing boat all the way across the Pacific. Then they're hoiking it up towards uh, New York. They don't know quite yet which part of uh, of the States they're gonna leave from. Row across the Atlantic, rock up in Bristol, and then spend the next 20 days rowing up the canals and the, the rivers up to the london olympic games so all in a 23 foot rowing boat
0: wow and so and so by the way uh, just to mention olympicatlanticrow.com uh if you for more information if you're interested and we have listeners all over the world outside of north america here if you're interested are you still looking for sponsors and if so how can they get in touch with you
1: well yeah if they can uh, get in touch through olympicatlanticrow.com or or through the ad show or through loudhouse.net uh, we are looking for sponsors we're looking for technical sponsors part of the the row is going to be having a continuous telemetry coming in from the boat to any schools or, or indeed anybody that uh, that wants information on what's going on in the boat how they're getting on they're going to be pulling up sea samples and so on for environmental monitoring so we're looking for people that can put all that together either in kit or uh, in cash and obviously we're looking for some big names on the side of the boat only 23 foot uh, long, but I'm sure we can fill that space. It'll be looking a, like a race bomb. car.
2: It'll be looking like a race car or something like that, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, I hope so. It's, uh, it's, it's all charity-led. There's absolutely no profit here, and it is all about getting those kids from underprivileged areas into a sport they wouldn't normally have access to.
2: It's funny. I can see Discovery Channel or National Geographic or uh, big companies like uh, Garmin or something like that involved as well with you.
1: Uh, We'd love them. We really would. Uh, And and even uh, people like Coca-Cola on on your side of the Atlantic, they've got a few brands over here that uh, perhaps they could use because they're a major Olympic sponsor, such as Innocent and so on. Uh, So if you guys are listening down in Atlanta, we'd love to hear from you.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's a good point. If you're involved in the Olympics, what a great uh, tentacle, if you will, that uh, feeds eventually to the Olympic Stadium there in London, and, and also, uh, more importantly, the any company, I guess, uh, Jeremy, that's more into the uh, environmental green style of marketing and who these days is not, uh, would, I think, line up beautifully with what you guys have going, especially when you're talking about the uh, water samples and some other things. I'm sure there are th- some things that you might be willing to do that you haven't even thought about yet, that if the right sponsor were to come along and want to uh, be involved in, in your project and do some things along the lines of an environmental angle to it, that you'd be open to that kind of thing?
1: Oh, we certainly would. Uh, the, the guys are very flexible. It's, uh, it's pretty much a, an endurance feat for them, but also a scientific one as well. And, uh, and as Andrew Morris keeps pointing out to me, there have been more men walk on the moon than have rowed across an ocean. Hmm. so you know, these are the pioneers and they'd be happy to help wherever they can in terms of appearances or getting the boat there I mean, that boat's got to go from san francisco up to the northeast corner of the states anyway and there's no reason why it can't detour a few times along the way
2: how do they catch your attention are you are you into rowing and such or what
1: uh honestly it's through an old school friend who's uh an action man type guy he preps People for surviving in in hostile environments, you know, oil company executives dropped in the Congo, that sort of thing. And uh, I went to school with him, and, and he just called me up and roped me in. Uh, we have one pro bono client a year at Loud House. We hadn't got one for 2012, and he mugged me first.
0: <clears throat> well, uh, for Olympic, him. <laughs> yeah, good, good, especially good for him. Yes, uh, he's got the right guy in you, Jeremy. olympicatlanticrow.com dot com or LoudHouse dot net. Uh, which is Jeremy's company. Either way, you can get more information and we'd encourage anyone out there uh, interested or even just thinking about being interested to contact Jeremy through those two resources. Uh, or if you know somewhere that you can't write this down, uh, send an email to brad or ray at theadvertisingshow.com. Give us a, a broad overview of what's going on in the European economy, Jeremy, these days.
1: Well, uh, the truth on that one is Brad Nobody really knows. Uh, we, we've got a two states system in in Europe we have the european union which is 27 countries and we have what's called the eurozone which is 17 countries and the eurozone all use the uh, the euro as a common currency and the the problem they've got uh, right now the immediate problem is a sovereign debt crisis so you've got a situation where uh, a lot of the southern european states have borrowed heavily and with no growth and moving into recession following the banking crisis in 2008 uh, now can't service their debt and it's falling on the north europeans predominantly germany as the the major uh, economy in the north to do something about it but obviously the german people quite rightly don't feel like putting their hand in their pocket and handing over their cash to to bail out somebody else Uh, so it's just not moving that fast They've also wanted the European Bank to collectively pool all that debt together and issue euro bonds, just like the Federal Reserve issues uh, bonds for the United States and Bank of England does it for the United Kingdom. But again, Germany's not keen on that because what it does is share the debt load and still one way or another Germany ends up paying. So even as we speak, our mighty leaders are all locked in a conference room trying to sort things out. And the problem is I don't think they're going to. You can't get 27 countries to agree to anything
2: fast. And I yeah. think the
1: markets have run out of time.
2: Interesting. But let's yeah. uh, let's, do let's take, uh, take a break here for just a minute, yeah. Brad. On the advertising show, uh, Jeremy Kent, you, you hear him as a regular feature on our live shows that we do here at the advertising show as our European correspondent. And we have a chance to, uh, today to get a chance to just to uh, have a great dialogue between the, the three of us here with uh, uh, a live show here on the advertising show. It's being powered by... S C H I P U L S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com, is a great platform for marketing uh, your, uh, your business, whatever, uh, on, the, on the Internet. Check it out. It's a great company that takes good care of The Advertising Show. Ray and Brad, back in just a minute with more.
0: You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth.
1: From San Francisco comes...
2: Rice, aroni, for the San Francisco treat. Rice, a-roni, Welcome back, Rachel and Brad Forsyth here. The Advertising be Show be with be our special guest today, cookie Jeremy cookie. Kent. A part of the Advertising Show is our European news correspondent and our special guest today here live as we talk to Jeremy. He's CEO of Loudhouse. We had a chance to uh, find out about the uh, the great event going on that uh, he is uh, supporting the rowing event. Uh, to the Olympics, which is kind of cool. Uh, we also had a chance to talk about the economy. I'm curious, Jeremy, as it relates to uh, our political process here in the United States, uh, wh- wh- what's the, uh, what's your take, or what is the take, I suppose, of Europe, of what's going on here with candidates and so on and so forth?
1: Uh, it's not really hit the news that much. We pick up on the odd scandal that's happened and the odd guy that's uh, that's forgotten his words and, and his policies. But the the focus is so introspective looking, well, introspective for the, uh, the Eurozone. And uh, because we're kind of on the periphery in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. we're not in it, uh, but we want to be kind of not in the party, but telling them when to turn the noise down and go to bed and influencing it everybody's looking in at France and Germany right now and seeing what they're doing. So yeah. the, the U.S. election race hasn't really hit over here yet.
2: The, uh, the, the, the possibility of having a president named Newt is a scary possibility. Uh, I suppose if you look at it from that perspective, but either way, I'm just curious about that.
1: He's, uh, he's not that well-known over here. and we, we knew him when he was, uh, was leader of the House, and yeah. uh, we didn't really see what he stood for. And I'm sure all of that will come out. The uh, the Tea Party on the hand, uh, sorry, sorry, the Tea Party on the other hand, Sarah Palin, uh, she is well known over here. scares the pants off
0: most Europeans, <laughs> uh, still puts a smile on most of the men's faces too. Yes,
2: yeah, she does. That's very good, Brad, well, go I think
0: thank you gave some insight there to the media world and certainly the UK. Uh, Herman Cain and his ep- escapades and and certainly (laughs) palin and anyone else that's out there that's doing some weird stuff gets play in the uk media let me follow up with uh something you said last segment you know the uh, well you know it's well known that the struggles uh that we hear over here with german and uh, germany and france and uh and other countries pulling the uh weight if you will of those lesser well-off countries that uh I guess need to help uh, wouldn't it be in the best interest of the eurozone in general as well as these individual countries to step up to the line and somehow make this happen I know I keep we keep hearing over here uh, if these countries European countries have the political will to do what's right. Not really sure what that means. I mean, I know what it means. It it means that you're going to have to make a decision that may not get you reelected next time. But, but yet it just seems to me, logically speaking, Jeremy, that if it's in the best interest of the Eurozone and Europe in general, that some of these more stable uh stronger economic countries like Germany and France are going to have to you know figure it out and step up to the line and help out their other help out these other countries
1: Well you're quite right and and there are two problems the, the first one you've already hit on to do the right thing means you're not going to get reelected because your own people aren't going to forgive you for it <laughs> uh so you you're on a loser and this isn't really uh anything other than, at the moment than a, a political problem you know the, uh, on the whole the eurozone economies aren't that bad uh there's uh, a few issues in there on the, some of the smaller countries but it's being allowed to become a major crisis because of political indecision now they've had six summits to discuss this now and in the first couple of summits they told investors in uh, in euro bonds into uh greece and so on there's no question you're going to get your money, and gradually it disappeared. And after Can, it was, well, you're going to take a 20% hit. Then all of a sudden it was a 50% haircut. And,
2: you
1: know, <laughs> there's no wonder why the markets are saying, well, hang on, hang on. We're <laughs> just not going to lend you any more money. So they, they've created this crisis out of political indecision. And, and that's the problem. That's the first problem. The second problem, the, the big underlying problem, is the difference between uh, your political spectrum and our political spectrum. Uh, and by that, you can then read into France and, and some of the southern European countries even further off to the left. So both your Republican and your Democratic Party in the UK would be considered centre-right and right-wing. You don't really have a left-wing and a, a socialist like Europeans do. And since World War Two, Europe, mainland Europe has become more and more socialist. So you've got a situation where people don't pay their taxes, they get a job with the government where they work minimum hours, they retire at 50, they get a final salary pension, they take August off and probably a couple of weeks around Christmas as well. You know, and sooner or later somebody's got to work. Somebody's got to work and actually yeah. earn some money and pay for that. And they don't want to do it. And Europe as a whole has got to wake up and realize that this post-World War II experiment with socialism has failed. It's bankrupted the whole place. <laughs> Somebody's got to get out and do some work.
0: Hmm. Wow. You know, thats uh, I think that's some insight to, to what's going on over there that you guys, uh, from where you sit and I'm sure other uh, countries throughout Europe uh, – know all too well that we don't hear so often about Uh, how is consumer confidence uh, throughout Europe as we enter into the holiday buying season does it in a general sense is it a little hesitant and and does it vary I imagine it does from country to country
1: yeah it does and and we're in danger and you can see it with uh, with the way the United States is looking at the eurozone as well we're all in danger of the eurozone because it is such a big economic area, dragging the whole world back into recession with this, this political indecision. So it has had an impact on uh, on consumer confidence, and we are seeing retail sales figures dropping. Uh, UK retailers are reporting lower year-on-year sales than they did last year, but you, you've got to temper that out a bit as well because every Christmas time retailers tell you that they're having a bad time, and then when it comes around to their, their profits in in January, February. All of a sudden, they're not too bad, and and that's the funny thing because in 2008 we had a banking crisis. You guys did. Lehman Brothers went down, and then because the European governments bailed out the banks, we now have a sovereign debt crisis. So that the problems move from the banks to the governments, and because the governments can no longer borrow, the banks are. are unable to raise funds as well so you've got another credit crunch coming on in europe and the consumers are seeing that but in the u.k and looking at my own clients and and business companies are all right they're already lean they trimmed from two thousand and eight they've had money they've not invested for a couple of years they're sitting on funds so if we can just get the eurozone to make a decision one way or the other you know either fold the euro or get on with it then i think that we wouldn't have a recession consumer confidence would come right back up we're
2: all set to go here. That's a, a good time to take a break here, Brad, on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and our special guest, Jeremy Kent, out of London. Uh, it's uh, Jeremy's CEO of Loudhouse. Loudhouse Loud Loudhouse.net is the is uh, uh, the website for that. We're going to do a break, and we'll come back in just a moment with more. Back with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and Jeremy Kent here at the Advertising Show. Jeremy, a pleasure to be talking to you in... Uh, in real time this time around. Always good to be here. Thanks. You
0: know, uh, as promised, we're going to get into marketing and advertising. But before we do that, just a few more questions about the economy over there and your wonderful perspective. Uh, whoever it was that decided not to join the euro zone, so to speak, and retain the uh, British uh, pound, I think has got to be a hero these days, uh, Jeremy, uh, who was that that made that decision? Was that a, a voted-upon thing, or was that the, uh, you know, who, who who made that decision? I
1: don't know, but I can tell you, Brad, there's an awful lot of hands going up saying, it was me, it was me, it
0: was me right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would imagine. So what am I hearing about the potential breakup of the UK? Is there any truth to that or seriousness?
1: Uh, yeah, quite possibly, actually, quite possibly. Um, the last labor government in the uk brought in devolved power for the regions and they gave the welsh assembly and they gave the scots a parliament and the idea was that it was set up to be proportional representation and like most things with proportional representation you don't end up with a clear majority for any one party but this year the scottish nationalists got a clear majority and they're obviously determined to take scotland away from the rest of the uk they want independence They've promised a referendum on it. Uh, Technically, it's not legally binding because it would be from the Scottish Parliament rather than the British Parliament. But they're going to do it anyway. And chances are, yep, they could well end up with an independent Scotland away from the rest of the UK.
0: Wow. Hmm. So the likelihood is, what percentage do you give the likelihood of that actually happening?
1: I don't know. You see different polls uh, coming out, you know, some are 30 percent, 40 percent, 50 percent. And then you see them poll the English, who don't get a vote, by the way. The English never seem to get a vote. But the English are quite keen for the Scots to go, it seems. So you, you see them at 50 percent as well, 40 percent saying, yeah, they should they should be off. Wow. So I don't know. It, it may well happen. They've said it will happen in that parliament. So I guess we're three years away from a referendum. On, uh, on whether the UK stays as the UK. Wow.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Well, as we wrap up uh, the economy, let me ask you one final question. Is there anything in particular about the European economy that Americans just don't understand the, from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I think so. It, and it's, um, it, it comes back to that socialist side of things where you can, well, put it this way there was a, a stat in the last election over here that 3 million people hadn't worked under the Labour government, and one million people in this country had never worked at all. Now, that's out of a population of 65 million. So, you know, if you, you extrapolated that into the States, you're talking tens of millions. But they don't have to work because they get um, unemployment benefit, they get housing benefit, they get this that, and the other. It, it's unbelievable the amount of benefits you can get. And with it has come a sense of entitlement. So we're now into a situation where... Three generations in a family have never worked, but they still live quite well. They still have a house, they still have food, they still uh, get out, they get special benefits for, for things they need like prams and pushchairs. Uh, and interestingly, there was a, a major poll into social attitudes in uh, Britain this week. And whether it's hard times producing hard attitudes, things seem to be changing. All of a sudden, 54% of the population believed that unemployment benefits were too high. That's up 35% on where we were 20-odd years ago. So I think that having had a a long run, at at nowhere near mainland Europe socialism, just dipped our toes in, we're kind of backing away and heading back to more of the Anglo-Saxon capitalism that we all knew and loved uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago, a couple of hundred years ago, that we exported to the United States, and you did so well with them. So there is a shift back to those old-fashioned values.
0: That's interesting. I don't know why that doesn't get more play over here. You, you said it very, very well. Uh, will 2012 be the year that more Europeans access the Internet via mobile devices than PCs? Or What's the state of things over there?
1: Yep, that's absolutely true. Every survey is pointing at the fact that most people will access the Internet via a mobile device, an iPhone, iPad, Android phone, than they will through a desktop PC. And that's having some, some pretty big impacts on, on the campaigns that are being run. So uh, we've just started looking at a, a bit of software over here called The Bridge, which actually enables uh, an advertiser or a media owner to sell ad space in time-shifted content. So if you've got a chat show and then you rerun it on your online player, you could turn around to uh, a, a Glasses company, a Spectacles company, and say, look, This celebrity is wearing glasses on there. Would you like a button to come up and say, you like these glasses, press this button. It'll take you through to a website with more information on those, a corporate website. Mm. It may even take you through to a sale. And then Mm. there's a clever bit in the technology because it brings people all the way back to the exact moment they left the video. It doesn't let them wander off down the Internet. So you can actually place an ad, real product placement ad, that people can access via their iPhone, via their iPad, make a sale, bring it all the way back. So it's a brand new revenue stream for the media.
0: You know, I guess uh, for those that have visited Europe, and my wife and I have been fortunate to visit there often, uh, you guys seem to always be ahead years ago uh, with the mobile phone device. Everywhere you go in Europe, uh, we were seeing people uh, walking around with their phones uh, held to their Head and now with the smartphone, uh, I guess it's uh, it's not surprising of what you're speaking of there with uh, accessing the uh, internet through a digital phone. I guess all of this has come about just through uh, the technology of the smartphone because you guys were already very well entrenched into the mobile phone device to begin with.
1: Yeah, there was a a shift. Um, Must have been mid '90s and. where the US was going with mobile phones and where Europe was going. So Europe introduced uh, an international standard, GSM, while the states were still assigning standards on a city-by-city or state-by-state basis. So you didn't get the same national network. And then the other factor was that electronics is generally cheaper in the United States. So it was very easy for people to buy a laptop or a notebook computer, whereas over here they, they were quite expensive, and they remain more expensive than, than you have access to them. Yeah. But mobile phones were subsidized by the network, so they'd subsidize the hardware, and they'd sign people up on one- or two-year contracts, clawing the money back over that period, which meant mobile phones flooded the market because everybody could afford them. They were given away free, or they were just 10 20 $30, and you sign a two-year contract. So there was less laptops, less notebooks, and, and a greater dominance of uh, of mobile phones. So when smartphones yeah. came along, went on exactly the same basis. And I, I can't think of anyone that's not running around with a smartphone now.
2: Hmm. Yeah, really. What, what are we talking to you on, by the way? It's incredibly you know, sounding good.
1: Uh, no, this is just a standard uh, landline phone, internet phone over to you guys, but it's it's
0: just a <laughs> really cheap bit of technology up here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, uh, you know, Jeremy, before we let you go, uh, you're the uh, president and CEO of a digital ad agency, and you've been quoted as saying, marketing now beats with a digital heart. I want to give you an opportunity to just chat that up a bit.
1: Yeah, we, we started to run a few things for, for our clients where we have recognized it's hard times, and rather than try and come in with a brand new idea and saying, you need to run this, we've reshaped their media spend. So where they were maybe spending uh, half a million pounds, about three quarters of a million dollars, on uh, one particular title in the press in the UK, we could take that money and we could start to build in, uh, say, an online TV channel and We could then reach that right around the English-speaking world, and we could do that for £250,000. So you're getting a much bigger hit by using online systems and self-publishing, and because we can push that out to smartphones, we can push it out to iPads, and people can interact with that. All of a sudden, you, you really do have a situation where you can A, save money, and B, move from an ad through awareness all the way through to a sale within seconds.
0: Well, you know, you've got to be keeping your clients happy as we wrap up, what, a couple of years of, of working with you and you providing us with uh, great reports. Any final comments you'd like to share before, uh, before wrapping it up today?
1: Right, it's been fun. The last couple of years has been, uh, been fantastic fun. Uh, we'd love to keep the reports coming in. And, yeah, I, I think that we're in for exciting times one way or the other with the Euro. It'll either go bang or it'll go uh, into a federal state much more like the U.S. So whichever way, as so long as they do something, It'll
2: be good. It's a big hit with uh, listeners of the advertising show and, of course, with uh, myself and, and, and Brad, too. So, Jeremy, thank you for that. And we wish you uh, happy holidays as well, too. Thank you.
1: Happy Christmas.
2: We are, uh, Jeremy's enjoying, by the way, uh, large raindrops and 150-mile-an-hour winds or something like that over there. So a typical London day, I guess, is what that would be. <laughs> there you go. But uh, thanks again, Jeremy, and uh, the great talking to you. Thank you. Hey, next week we welcome back Alex Ben Block for kind of an end-of-year wrap-up of what's going on in the entertainment. Alex is an award-winning entertainment industry journalist, author, communicator, and talk show host. And we're happy to have him here for one more time uh, in you know, 2011, The Advertising Show. No, you'll enjoy the show. Thanks again to uh, Jeremy for being with us today. Ray Shillens and Brad Forsythe on the Advertising Show, which is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine visit online at age.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. We will talk to you live once again next week. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.